Welcome, everyone. Unfiltered Podcast. Lee Stevenson here, church planter, overseer of Converge Church Planning. Danny Parmalee, I oversee church planning for Converge Mid-America and Southeast. And we are still recording live from Orlando during our Church Planters Assessment Center. And one of our assessors, a Converge Church planter, Chris Heifel, is here. Chris, say hi. Introduce yourself. Where are you at? Where's home for you? Hi, hey, thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate being here. Uh, again, my name is Chris Heifel, lead pastor at Grace River Church. Uh, we planted a church just west of St. Louis, and um, we're seven years into that church plant right now. And um, yeah, happy to be here at the Orlando Church Planting Assessment Center. Awesome, Chris. Why in the world did you plant in the St. Louis area? What was the what was the reason? What was the call to for you personally to go there seven years ago? Yeah, that's a great question. I actually thought I was going to plant in Boston. That was my first thought. And uh, I had a mentor that had planted up there. And we thought that we'd do a residency and plant out of his church. Went and checked out Boston a few different times and realized we just don't like Boston. Um, it was just the... <laughs> Sorry, Boston listeners. Yep, so yep. we will give you his email address. You Great can send him nasty. Rolls, but... right. Send him some nasty right. My emails. email address is Lee Stevenson at Converge. <laughs> no. Um, but in all seriousness, uh, just didn't really have a heart. Uh, for Boston. And my mentor asked me, what's one town you've always wanted to live in, but you've never lived in? Because the, the town I currently lived in didn't need another church. And um, he, I said, man, I've, I've always wanted to live in St. Louis. And I had an uncle growing up uh, that uh, I spent a lot of time in St. Louis at, at his place and just always thought someday I'm going to end up in St. Louis. And I had no idea that someday would be because I was going to plant a church. But okay. That was... I have to interject here because this is a conversation that I have with church planners all the time when they are trying to figure out the where. And for some reason, it would seem more spiritual for you to pick Boston. You know what I mean? Where, where planners always feel like, oh, I, I, God's going to send me somewhere where I don't want to go. And, and yours wasn't even, oh, I prayed about it. And there was this angel of the Lord that showed me, but you literally wanted to live there. And I just, I just think for some church planners, they, or pre-church planners that are listening to this, it's okay to just want to live in a city that if you can see your family there, that you essentially plant yourself there and out of that mm-hmm. is going to come a love for the city and for the people and eventually a church. So just wanted to interject that, continue on. Yeah, as <laughs> I began to pray about St. Louis, it was yeah. just opportunity after opportunity began to open up, started kind of visiting uh, different towns Outside of St. Louis, we knew that we probably wouldn't be in the inner city of St. Louis. We just were, were a suburban couple, and so it just made sense for us to be in the suburbs. And uh, opportunity opened up to do a, a residency at a church, and then also opportunity came up really uh, to help out in the local chamber of commerce. And that's a crazy story in and of itself because I'm a business college dropout, and then somehow I got really involved in the chamber there, and that I get to be the unofficial chaplain of uh, the O'Fallon Chamber, which was a really great opportunity to meet a ton of people that are far from Christ. Love it. Love it. Now, tell us a little bit of the story. Where did you start? Because um, you, you weren't from O'Fallon. Yep. Um, so how did you, from nothing, get mm-hmm. something going and yep. just kind of walk us through the progression of your church plant? Yeah. I mean, it's sentimental because this is our this is the, the month of our seven-year birthday. And so I, I always reflect back and see Facebook pictures and stuff like that. And our timeline is a reminder of what happened. But we uh, started with a small group in my living room. We did parachute into a new community where we didn't know anybody. And so, like you mentioned, so we... we uh, Started the small group Bible study, started inviting people to it. Just like people from the gym, work, yep. what? Anybody we'd meet, neighbors, okay. people from the gym, just some, something for people to come to. And grew that Bible study into a launch team. It uh, took us about three months to, to get that to around 20 people or so. And then that 
we transitioned out of a Bible study really into about an every other week launch team meeting where we're just meeting in our living room. We outgrew the living room. And so then we would rent some uh, facility space in our community to be able to just meet people, did a lot of barbecues, a lot of special events. Uh, we would join in on events that were already happening. And so uh, let's say there's a, a, an opportunity to set a booth up at some local carnival. We, we would do that and be able to meet a ton of people doing that. We did movie nights in the park. And so we, we targeted young families. And so we would do movie nights in the park throughout the summer and uh, just kind of built and built and built. And then we did preview services. Um, we picked a location, my kid's elementary school, and it was a really great spot. Um, and we don't always recommend elementary schools because they don't have the greatest amount of parking sometimes, but it was perfect for us because it gave us some great momentum. This particular elementary school was not tucked back into a neighborhood, so it was easy to find. Right. Um, and there was plenty of parking, and it made us look and feel bigger than what we actually <laughs> were because the space wasn't gigantic. Yeah. Oftentimes, a middle school or a high school gymnasium are really big. Yeah. Uh, and the toilets we, are small. Right. And all that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So it, it all worked out, but we, we started a, in the elementary school. We were there less than a year. Opportunity came available for us to move to the YMCA, which was an even better location for us. And so we moved um, – with about 150 people over the Y and then went to two services soon after that. And uh, we started a capital campaign uh, about four years into our plant. And, um, and you had not identified a building yet. So this was a capital campaign saying, we know we're going to need money sometime. So yeah. let's just think ahead here. Yeah, we started this campaign really based off a of vision. We were a growing family and we didn't have, we probably could have raised more money if we had a piece of land or uh, a building we were looking at, but we just told our church, man, we, we know that the future is bright and the, that our best days are ahead of us, not behind us. And so we got to figure out a location for our growing family. And so we did a capital campaign. We, uh, we in, with 50 giving units, we were able to raise over $500,000 over a three-year time commitment. That week, we went to, uh, to my commercial real estate agent and I said, man, I feel like a middle school kid with a hundred bucks in my pocket. I got to figure out a location. <laughs> and, and I so, remember uh, viewing some properties with you that you were just so dead set on. Yeah. I so, mean, there were some that were just really bad yeah. storefronts and things that just weren't going to be great. And Danny was like, please don't do this. This is a big mistake. And I thought he was crazy. <laughs> and then we found this uh, the same weekend that we went all in, you know, as a pastor, you tell your church crazy things like God's going to meet us in the middle. That's not like a bad song, but like God's really going to meet us. <laughs> Like whenever we take our step of faith, God's going to meet us there in the middle and give us just undeniably our opportunity. So we made that commitment on a Sunday. I called my commercial real estate guy on a Monday, and he said, Chris, I just saw a property that we looked at six months ago that dropped $400,000 in price. It went from $2.1 million to $1.7 million overnight. Mm -hmm. And he also said one thing we didn't know about this property was it has a built-in tenant. And the built-in tenant, um, this is a crazy story, the, the math on $1.7 million alone for $1.7 math on that is is $10,000 a month with a mortgage. And our tenant actually pays us $10,000 a month to be there. Uh, it's a clinic. BJC Hospital has a little drug testing clinic there. And uh, it's a, an amazing opportunity for the church. So fast forward. No, wait, pause. Um, your church is about how many in attendance at this point of the capital campaign and about what was your, your um, offering? Yeah, so we were... Um, at this point in the capital campaign, our, our annual offering was around $250,000. Okay. So, so a lot, but not huge. Not gigantic. And, and people-wise. We were 250 people. Okay. And so, so. yeah, so that was pre-moving into this space. Yep. We, we, uh, we got into the space, and 
we were like, man, just feeling like it was just home. In fact, I slapped my worship pastor on the back uh, and said, man, doesn't it feel amazing to be home? And he's like, yeah, this is great. And then the next week COVID happened. And uh, that, <laughs> da, was, da, da. that was like it, man. I thought now, now our two, $2 million building turns into a recording studio and it's <laughs> like, this is it. And uh, it was uh, a pretty crazy experience. But what's crazy today is, you know, this past weekend we were 430 people. Um, and so we're, we're past and beyond our COVID numbers now. And uh, we're in three services now and just trying to figure out some of those next steps as we reach our community. It's been a, it's been a game changer being in the building, though. It's really changed it. everything. Love it. But what, because I know church planters, I, I mean, I've wrestled with it as well. Like, we just got to get somewhere. We got to mm-hmm. stop the, you know, and sometimes we could be three weeks into doing portable mm-hmm. church and we're like, I'm <laughs> our people tired are of this. Tired. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We got to go get a building. Um, buildings are a blessing. Mm-hmm. They can at the same time be a curse. Um, what were some of the challenges that you face going from portable to, to permanent? Well, I would also I would say also we were portable for five years, and so some guys lose track three weeks in, and you're already exhausted. It probably means you don't have the right systems in place, yeah. uh, and you're not inspiring your people well. And so I would just encourage planters to think this is a long haul. You Mic drop, thinking. boom! Yeah. Right there. You got to be thinking this. You you can't be thinking because we 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 always fast forward somebody's story and don't realize the pain that you go through, yeah. but. I mean, some of the transitions, we we tried to be really aware of the transition, with, especially with our setup team, because we had like 50 people serving on that team. And we thought these people can't lose their job in our church because we're convinced at Grace River, we're convinced that everybody needs a relationship and a responsibility. And if you take that away, then what you know, what's their role in the church? And so we talked a lot to our setup and teardown teams as we were making that transition because you don't move into a building overnight. And so we were still portable. I think after we had closed on the deal and everything was set, I mean, we were, we were still portable for almost nine months as we did construction. And so um, we let them know that you're still going to have a job here. Uh, you're still going to have a role here. This is important. Nobody gets to retire. <laughs> and so things are just going to change. And, uh, you know, we transitioned a lot of those people. We never had a parking lot team. So we transitioned a ton of those people into the parking lot team. And it's been a great fit because they don't – a lot of the people on a set up and tear down team don't want to talk to people. What's great about the parking lot team, all you got to do is wave and smile. <laughs> and, and, point. and point. And point. I mean, yeah. it's a great yeah. role for them. And now they're really excited because they don't get there at like 6 a.m. when it's freezing cold. They can out. actually yeah. sleep in a little yeah. bit. Yeah, or when yeah. it's just really yeah. crazy hot out. So it's a an, it's a nice arrangement for them. And so it's been a, a good transition overall. Um, you know, yes, people fell through the cracks and it wasn't seamless. But I think the, the biggest encouragement I could be as people make the transition from being portable to permanent is – deciding that everybody's still going to have a role. Nobody loses their job. And then just know that things are going to change a little bit. Um, just the even the property management is a whole different thing. I think you told me that buildings have an unquenchable thirst uh, for money. And I, yeah. I had no idea, you know, what you thought. But, you know, when, we're, when you're portable, you don't even buy trash bag liners. Exactly. You don't yeah. buy toilet yeah. paper. You don't think about air conditioning units going out. You don't think about – I think one of the first things that went out was a lift station. I didn't even know this existed, but there's like to get – like to get sewage out of your building, like when that breaks, that's on you. you know, like that's not on the that's not on the city to fix. You know, it's like there's all these things to consider and think about. Like, man, we, you know, there's an unquenchable thirst when it comes to finances, when it comes to actually property management, especially having a tenant, because uh, we're in a situation where we have to we have when it snows at Grace River, we have to salt the parking lot. It doesn't matter if it's a Monday because that yeah. clinic's going to be open on yeah. Tuesday, and so unquenchable thirst. I, really, when it comes to being from portable to permanent, 
There's a lot of surprises along the way. You'll reach all kinds of people still. Um, we're right off the interstate, which is an interesting situation. And so we never had benevolence calls before, but now we do. And so preparing and getting ready for that, some of those changes that'll take place. The number one reason why people come to our church now is because they drove by and saw the building, which I wish that wasn't the number one reason. I really wish it was because somebody invited them, but it's been a game changer. Number two is they Googled us. And number three is somebody invited us. And so, um, it's, it's been a big transition because when we were at the YMCA, our church smelled like a crime scene, so nobody just <laughs> nobody came because they drove by and saw that there was a banner outside Sweat of YMCA. Bleach, is yeah, that, yeah. Uh, but though I, I do, I'm a little nostalgic. I do miss the YMCA days. Life was a lot easier. I, I never had to worry about uh, who was going to change a light bulb and and uh, oh, that trash is full. I would just tell the person working behind the front desk that trash mm-hmm. is full or that bathroom doesn't smell clean or whatever, and it was their job to clean it. Well, you know, now it's our job, and so yeah. um, it's been a bit of a transition in that way, but it's been good. What's what is your long term vision for that area of Missouri, St. Louis? I know you're involved in uh, the region and coaching and recruiting church planters. What what is what is your vision for what you'd like to see God do over the next five years? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, we we know that in the metro St. Louis area, that over eighty percent of St. Louis goes to church nowhere. And so and really that's over the whole state of Missouri as well. And so we'd love to see churches get planted uh, at every single exit off the interstate. I mean, there's there's a spot, especially with a parish mentality in the St. Louis area, there's a, there's a spot for a new church literally off of every single exit. And so we're getting ready to send our first church plant out of our church. We're going to plant a church in Hannibal, Missouri. And so we've got a guy that's our church planting resident, and Nate Myers is going to do a great job in Hannibal, but this is the first of many. We'd like to see more and more and more churches get planted. That's not to say that we won't ever do a campus church. We may do that at some point, uh, but our heart, our desire is to send out men and women to plant churches um, and to make disciples. And so we know the best way to see people meet, know, and follow Jesus is to start a new church. And so will Grace River grow to whatever number? I don't know. I know this is that we're just getting started, and our best days are ahead of us. I feel like we're in chapter one of the story of our church, and uh, I, I hope that we get to send a lot of people out to plant new churches. Now, I know that Columbia, Missouri has been just one of those cities that I hear you talking about and and praying about. Um, speak to maybe the why of that, or if there's any listener out there that's a church planter and hasn't um, decided on a on a city, why to why to contact you or why to consider it. Yeah. I mean, Columbia is a place, it's a growing community in St. Louis. I think it's the, the fourth fastest growing city in uh, in the state in the, in the state of Missouri. And um, some great things happening. It's a university town. And so you get a chance to reach uh, younger people, but there's also a, a pretty liberal dynamic in the city as well. And so there's a great opportunity to reach people that are far from Christ there. Um, it's, uh, it's a growing community, like I mentioned, with all kinds of new subdivisions popping up everywhere. And there's also a little bit of an urban dynamic as well. And so um, there's a spot for, for a person that wants to plant a church in Missouri. We've got some great opportunities. Columbia is one of those spots, and we'd love to see uh, the, the right person mm-hmm. fit in that city. So last question, and it's very, very important. It's probably the most important question we've asked the entire time of our conversation. When it comes to the pronunciation of Missouri, is it Missouri or misery? Uh, I say Missouri. Okay, uh, it's a great okay. place to live, and so I'm from Missouri, <laughs> and uh, and so I'm I'm a lifer, love the place. I thought you were going to say something about 
the Chiefs or something like that yeah, and I'm, kind of razz them a little, a little bit. Too soon, it's too, a little so too soon. I, I, and, I like Chris. And, 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 and this is back. unfiltered, and we, but we don't want any swear words right, to, exactly. uh, right. to start it's, uh, flying. It's early. It's early. It's been a couple <laughs> weeks, but I'm, I'm, we're getting better. And uh, this is the decade of dynasty, so we can lose here and there. And so uh, it's all right. And uh, I'm, So I'm, one win classifies as a decade <laughs> dynasty. That's incredible. Yeah, so, it's going to be good. Yeah, yeah. Well, I... Good luck with that. Yeah. So thanks for tuning in, everyone. Chris, thank you for sharing your story and and, uh, your wisdom and your experience with all of our listeners as well. Till next time, everyone, keep it real. 